Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tom, this is where you actually come into the picture. Several years ago, I'm being a compliance geek, sitting around on a Sunday morning, listening to podcasts and trying to figure out some creative way to get some information out about our compliance program and such. And I ran across your podcast that had Peter and Matt Galvin from AB InBev talking about a a creative training program they did. That was Dwayne Stump. This is Tom Fox. Together with Dwayne and Peter Grossman, we tell the story of the creation of some incredibly innovative compliance training by Peter and his team at Labyrinth Training for Dwayne at Alcon. I know you'll enjoy this fascinating episode. Are you interested in the intersection of Sherlock Holmes and compliance? If so, check out my great new podcast series, Adventures in Compliance, where I go through each story. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and you are in for a treat today because I'm in for a treat today. I have Peter Grossman and Dwayne Stomp, and they are going to talk about a really interesting and, more importantly, entertaining compliance project that they worked on together. So, gentlemen, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate being here. Thanks for having us. So I'm going to start with you, Peter. Could you tell us your professional background and your current role? Yes. Well, my current role is that I'm one of the co-founders of Labyrinth Training. Uh, we make interactive animated compliance trainings for people like, like Dwayne. My background is such that I, I am certainly not a lawyer or anything remotely resembling it. My partner and I have backgrounds in entertainment and publishing and production. I worked for Us Weekly for many years for Rolling Stone before that. And that's my background is sort of in that space. Uh, and Dwayne. Yeah, so I am the Global Head of Integrity and Compliance and the Chief Compliance Officer for Alcon Vision. We're the um, global leader in eye care in, in, across the world. Um, my background, I like Peter, I am not a lawyer, which is a little bit different from my role in this industry. I'm actually what I call a recovering sales rep. Um, spent the first decade of my life in sales and the next uh, decade plus, that makes me sound really old now, the next decade plus in consulting uh, before I came to, to Alcon. For our audiences that have listened over the years, they will remember Peter, another event, which I will not name, uh, and if someone emails me from what they remember him from, they will win something from me. But Joanna, I wanted to ask you, how did you find out about Peter 
Laberneth and really the services he has delivered to the compliance community. Well, you know, Peter, Tom, this is where you actually come into the picture. So several years ago, I'm being a compliance geek sitting around on a Sunday morning listening to podcasts and trying to figure out some creative way to get some information out about our compliance program and such. And I ran across your podcast that had Peter and um, uh, Matt Galvin from AB InBev talking about a creative training program they did that included cows and this reaction that the company had to their cows. And I sat there thinking, I want my cow moment. Uh, so I called Peter, and it's been a, a pretty good relationship since. Well, I have to withdraw my offer for a gift since you told everyone. <laughs> previously appeared, but Dwayne, you've uh, for those listening to this podcast and not seeing this on YouTube, behind you is a, a small wall plaque called the Lens. So could you tell us what the Lens and the Lens policy is, and then Peter, maybe you could pick up on what your role is was with publicizing the lens policy at Alcon. Yeah, the lens policy is our policy on how we interact in the marketplace, right? We are a medical products manufacturer and we have obviously a lot of highly regulated aspects about how we, you know, communicate about our products, promote our products, sell our products, research our products out in the marketplace, how we engage healthcare professionals. The lens, we're an eye care company, is a branded uh, policy, right? It's called a focus on integrity. And it's really a principles-based policy that helps guide and put context around being our ethical in the marketplace with our, our products. So that's really what the policy is. And really what we reached out to Peter with was, look, we've got really great name recognition on our policy. We've got a lot of really good understanding about the rules and, and this. The challenge for us and what we were trying to solve is we need to put it into context, right? Put, when you've got 30,000 humans, all of them are going to take those principles that you outline in your policy and interpret them in different ways unless you put it into context. And so how do we create the sticky moments, something that just catches things in their brain? My attitude about it is, if we can just create a nanosecond pause in the life happens moments, right? We have a really good shot at people taking a step back and thinking about it and doing the right thing. And that's really where Peter's brilliance comes and his team's brilliance come in is helping us put those kind of real life scenarios into this sticky, funny, humorous content. Peter, I've thought about you in many ways, but stickiness is not one of them. I've thought of entertainment, and an infectious laugh. But maybe explain your process of how you translated a policy into something sticky, but is entertainingly sticky. That's one of those words that if you say over and over again, really starts to sound problematic, doesn't it? <laughs> sticky. Well, I'll take it as a compliment. Um, what Dwayne started with, was actually, you know, really far along than, than what we even typically see. He had a brand idea already. And so this idea that there's this policy called the lens, which is obviously very clever and catchy and was already a bit sticky, one might say. Um, 
was a really good starting point for us because there's this name recognition. We know what we're going to call it. Like we know where we're going with this. And so what we do, you know, also we're not lawyers, but we, we do have a lot of, I did a lot of contract work when I was at Us Weekly. And so I, I speak the language enough. So when I read through these policies, I speak the language to the point where I can then translate it into, into normal speak, <laughs> into non-lawyer speak, non-compliance speak. And understanding the policies uh, was really fun as sort of part of the, the, the starting point. But what I always refer to with, with everyone that we work with as the fun part is tell me your stories. Tell me how this actually, everyone has a policy that in some way says don't pay a bribe. But tell me how this manifests itself in your world. And when you start, you know, I, I, an ex-interviewer, I, I just, I, I'm curious. I like to know these things. And so as we start to talk through it, and, and, and as I start to hear the scenarios in which these things actually present themselves, the story, the overarching story starts to appear. And that's what we're trying to do with our, with our programs, with our, with our episodes, as we call them, is we want to have something that's fun and entertaining and it's interactive. And we, we can talk about that too. But what we really want to make sure is that when the person is watching, that they see themselves up there, that they don't think that this was just a generic or a general, I talk about bribery. This was specific to you. And so the fun of talking with Dwayne through this process was, you know, Hearing about the, the characters that present themselves, the, the different types of doctors, the different conferences that you're at, really getting into that world and you know, like, what do they, what do your staff deal with on a regular basis? Um, and so as we started to understand that, the, the story started to take shape. Um, and we, we really understood what, what we were trying to communicate. And so what we came up with was, we always, try and do this with, this with our work is have some kind of central plot device, something that we're going to follow that no matter what compliance topic we're talking about, it'll manifest itself in some way. And so I remember one of the early conversations that I had with Dwayne as we're both, as all three of us are, are glasses wearers on this, uh, on this show here. I am very particular about what goes in my eyes. I can't wear contacts I would, I couldn't even dream of eye surgery unless it was, you know, sort of life or health threatening. But obviously Dwayne and his crew know all about it. And so I heard all kinds of details about what happens in eye surgeries and things. And we started talking about what kind of lenses they use. And so he's, you know, I was familiar with bifocals and, and Dwayne introduced me to trifocals. And what we eventually landed on was, well, what would be what would be something beyond that? It doesn't exist, but it would be just kind of fun. And Dwayne said, well, if there was a quadrifocal, but like, I'm not really sure what that would be. There's no more, there aren't any more focals left. And so we decided, well, we'll, we'll make up what the fourth focal is. And so the whole story of the lens focuses around this new lens that Alcon has developed called Q4 for the quadrifocal lens. Uh, the joke, of course, being that the Q for quadra and the four are the same thing. But, you know, we, which we make mention of. And the idea that it's a, it's a lens, but it also has a, you know, like Siri type voice command where you can change the color of your eyes. Say, okay, I want green now and you change your eyes. And all of our characters in this training and all of our trainings all have the same eyes. They're the same shape. They're black. <laughs> no one has colored eyes of any kind. And so this in that universe was like, 
whoa, in a world where everyone has the same eyes, now you can have this. And so we created excitement around this fictional product with breaking news segments and conferences dedicated to it. But then we asked the question, okay, let's say you had this, what would happen? And all of the doctors start to come out of the woodwork uh, when you're up and they say, oh, we went in on that. And when things start to go wrong, which they do in a pretty significant way, uh, the doctors that you have to bring in to sort of hedge your bets and make you look good, all the different ins and outs of what would happen with a product release happen in this training series. And so you get all your lessons. Um, you could have just done slides and shown all the lessons and gotten the lessons across. But what we were seeking to do was deliver those lessons in a way that was meaningful, that, that people would relate to, they might laugh out a little bit uh, and have some fun with, and also bring them into it. It's a very interactive piece. You have to make decisions. You affect the narrative based on, on the choices that you make. And there's a lot of feedback. And so you're constantly engaged and constantly sort of leaning into the screen and, and wanting to know what happens next. But it's up to you uh, with, with all the different buttons and things that you get to click to take you through it. So Dwayne, from your perspective, how did this help move the ball forward your position as a chief compliance officer. Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, you know, like I said earlier, we had great recognition of the rules, but, you know, maybe a little poor context of how to deal with those life happens moments. What we got from this was a really, um, a, a very engaged audience, right? And so that's the, that's the magic button, if you will, from a compliance officer standpoint. If you think about how do you change the culture? How do you change the narrative of the compliance organization? It is come out with something that they don't believe we created. We launched this training and our marketing team was getting emails saying, hey, this is brilliant. How did you guys put this together? And they're saying, we never saw it before, right? It was that change in the narrative of thinking about compliance in a totally different way than it's been done before. Peter talked about the way we, you know, all of the things we've already done to brand our policy and such. We launched this program in kind of a Netflix style, five episodes all at once, each episode somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to 11 minutes. So they're not long, but we spent about two to three weeks in advance kind of hyping it up, quietly hyping it, but we basically sent out, you know, emails, posted things on our, our internal social media. Uh, we had movie posters, kind of like the ones behind me, for those that can see it on YouTube. You know, we, we really hyped this up as something new. We didn't talk about it from a compliance perspective. We just kind of threw the characters out there. We had a movie trailer that we launched with it. It was really just getting people curious about what was happening with it. And, you know, from a compliance officer standpoint, I hate chasing people to do the training. We gave people six months to complete all five episodes. Within 60 days, 81% of our people had completed all five episodes. And the majority of those binged all five episodes at one time, um, which is just, you know, like if I'd come out with, close to an hour of training content, I would have constant in a normal situation, I would constantly get all of the 
pushback and feedback of, boy, this is too long, it's painful, all of these things. We didn't get a single complaint about it being that long if you took if you sat and took all five episodes. So, so from a compliance officer standpoint, it really just took us that next step in kind of creating this culture of, hey, it's okay. There are no villains in here. There are no, you know, if you will, you know, it, it, things are a little over the top, but they're just real enough to be, you know, something that you can relate to. They're not so, they're not so real that they're uncomfortable, but they're not so absurd that you sit there and you ignore them because thinking this would never happen here. So, Peter, you have one <laughs> very unique aspect or very new creation, I should say or the deliverable, and that was a musical. Um, once again, unfortunately, for those on YouTube, they will get a teaser of this. Those listening to this audio, perhaps not, direct you to that teaser. But could you tell us about yeah. the genesis of the musical number and how really you can create and, and incorporate that type of media into something that I'm going to call compliance training? Oh, you, you can you can certainly call it that. Uh, well... I suppose I, I left one part of my background out. And when you were asking about my background is that two lives ago, I was a music major. I went to school for voice, was going to be a music teacher before I ended up working in media. And my partner, Scott Petz, who is the creative director who's in charge of everything that you see on screen, is also a musician. And we're, we're music aficionados. We have lots of theme songs and little things like that woven into the woven into our trainings that are, are, are catchy and are part of the whole stickiness one, if you must, if you might say, of the trainings that just little things to get in people's heads. So they, they remember. And, and, you know, we had done, I remember what this came from actually. We had done an awareness during the pandemic, uh, early days of the pandemic, an awareness video with Covington about the importance of wearing a mask. This is when these are just being introduced. And there was a little jingle. That went along. It just said, my mask is for you and your mask is for me. Back and forth. And it was just this catchy little jingle. And there's actually a full full song behind it too, but that's for another day. And Dwayne had heard that. And on one of our early calls, he asked about it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's me singing and playing the guitar and all that. He's like, oh, that's you. Well, can we have a musical number? And, I, you know, I, I say yes to pretty much everything. So I was like, of course you can. What would you like? And he, I remember you asked for a 70s style rock song. And I'm sure at the time what you meant was sort of Led Zeppelin style. And I'm, I'm a huge fan, but in my head, I went straight more to like earth, wind and fire. Uh, I wanted a horn section and a whole, a whole to do. And so we knew in the back of our heads from the beginning that there was this opportunity to incorporate the musical number. And we just needed to pick the right spot where it would be meaningful and not just there for its own sake. And so there, as Dwayne mentioned, there are five episodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we get to episode four, uh, you meet the worst person <laughs> that there is. You meet a doctor who, Dr. Louie, who is that guy in the room. He is the person that's not there for the right reason. He's amongst people who want to be helpful and take care of other people. He's the one that's just in it for the money. And in, when you first meet him, he's soliciting bribes of every kind from the salesperson 
trying to take advantage of them uh, because there's been a problem with Q4 and he's a little bit famous and so he's going to lend his fame. And when you actually, when they meet face to face, at this point, the, the sales rep is like, all right, I'm going to get this famous doctor to help us and, you know, sign off on the product and that'll move the market. Uh, when they eventually meet face to face, you see that the, and I will credit Dwayne with this because it's brilliant. Um, you see him in his lab coat and it looks like a NASCAR jacket. It's just ads. Everything is for sale. It's all over his office. There are ads for every product and you, you figure out who he is right away. And he then looks at the sales rep. And, and now that we've established that this is the most ridiculous person that you're going to meet. Uh, we say it in the intro to the episode. The, the narrator's like, you're going to meet someone a little... We've set you up for this. And the doctor says to the sales rep, I'll take all these logos off of my jacket and just have your Q4 logo on it all by itself. And this will, of course, tell the world that like your lens is okay, even though there's been this, this sort of disastrous things happening. And... At that moment, I was like, okay, what, what do these doctors do? And Dwayne at some point literally said the phrase, well, they go into their whole song and dance. And I was like, here we go. And so in the middle of his office, as he's trying to convince the sales rep, hey, sponsor my lab coat. Uh, and, and keep in mind that the rules are you can't even leave a pen behind. And so this is far and away exceeding the, what, what you're allowed to do. Dr. Louis just breaks into song. And it's called Call Dr. Louie, and it's him convincing Martin, the sales rep, hey, you should, you should do this with me. And he, Martin starts singing along with him at one point, and you think, like, it's getting excited, oh, this is going to happen, it builds to this big crescendo, and you realize at the end, of course, that he's a slime ball, and, and that you can't interact with him. But Martin considers it, and... We were thinking, you know, what's, how are we going to get him to consider it? What would he, why would he listen to this? And there is that little bit of charm to those kind of people that, you know, wears off quickly, but might entice you in the, in that moment to do something that you shouldn't do. And so, uh, it, it's about a minute long. Um, it, it's, it is in that sort of like seventies funk, uh, style. And I, I pulled rank. I will say that. And I was certainly wasn't going to let anybody else sing it. Uh, so it's, it's me, you know, playing all the instruments and singing lead to the point where we then later reference that as we, you know, in the Dr. Louis takedown that he was actually lip syncing the entire time because someone else was singing. And if you think that doesn't make any sense in compliance training, I invite you to watch the ending, um, where, where Martin himself says, why isn't this making any sense? And all is revealed. But it was an enormous amount of fun. Scott, my partner, couldn't believe. I was like, no, he, they asked for it. He really asked for it. He's like, all right, let's do it. And it, it, it's one of the most sort of rewarding and enjoyable experiences I've had uh, doing this at, at Labyrinth because it was, it was silly um, and fun, but it was effective. I'm positive that no one who sees it will forget that character and forget what looms and what the dangers are with someone like that. And so while we're always there to have fun and we'll do whatever it takes, we've had dinosaurs pop up on screen, all kinds of things happen in our trainings. It's always there for a reason. It's, you know, we can, we can make stuff pop up just for fun, but we're trying to 
it, that happen at the moments where we know the user's here, where they're leaning into the screen, where they're wanting to see what happens next. And that's when their eyes and their ears and their minds are open, and that's when we can deliver your lessons. It's really easy to say, don't leave behind anything of value to a doctor, no matter how much they ask. And people won't really necessarily pay attention to that. But if you just prime them by saying, they're going to do this whole crazy thing with a musical number, maybe, you're thinking now, you're paying attention. You're going to remember the next time someone tries to sweet talk you into it, oh, this is like that, that slimy doctor that I don't want to be around. Uh, you're downplaying the challenge. You're downplaying the challenge a bit because the challenge was, uh, you, you basically told me you were up for you know virtually anything I could come up with. And I said, True. you can incorporate a 1970s rock and roll music number into this that's relevant to the compliance training and not just the background music. There's a, you know, I'll believe you. And somehow that's you fair. did it. Well, it, I have to say, the first time it, you um, music, I went to Quadrophenia, but that shows you my uh, <laughs> perspective. Yeah, there you go. Peter, you talked there about, you go. both you and Dwayne talked about the internal reaction. I want to move to external reactions, specifically awards one for this mm. campaign. And I'm a creator, so I have a, some appreciation of what that means to a creator. But Dwayne, I really wanted to ask you, what did the award mean to you and your team, and frankly, to the entire organization? The first award that came through was that was for us was really the Anthem Award, which really is is designed to recognize mission and purposeful works and, and such. And so, it was really meaningful to us because you know it was really about the purpose of it and what we were trying to drive for it, and so. We didn't, we never, when we started this out, never thought about it from an awards perspective. But the fact that we were able to highlight and from compliant, a compliance standpoint that could, could go out and, and win an award that's not a compliance award, right? This wasn't something geared towards compliance. It wasn't a training award. It was really around the purpose of it. And so, you know, internally, you know, when we, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because Peter swore me to secrecy on it until the announcements came out. The announcements came out and he was, a, he took about 20 minutes to notify me that the announcements were out. In that 20 minutes, our CEO got a notification that we had wanted and, and sent a note saying, Hey, congratulations. This is awesome. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how in the world did you get this before me? That's really the impact of it from of the awards for us. It the attention it brought to our function as not just this stodgy police state group that's there to catch people. You know, it you know, we've worked really hard to create a, a business partnering aspect to it, be there as advisors and helpers to the organization and such. Obviously, we have roles in monitoring and, and, and other things, but the, but they, but just, you know, it just added on to the reaction and we had great reaction to the training. The fact that it got this external recognition for work like this just fed into the fact that this is a different organization than we were the 10 years ago I started. Wow. I could not have written a better answer than that. Uh, <laughs> 
Peter, what are your some of some of your thoughts there? I have to ask you, like I said, being a creative, I understand what did it mean to you and Labyrinth? Yeah. I mean, you know, my my partner, Scott, um, he was he was working at he worked for HBO for a while, and he's the one that designed in the Game of Thrones website, and he has an Emmy for that. Uh and so, you know, he he was the one that was like, This this thing should win an award. And really, I need to credit him for was sort of pushing that at us. And he was he was thinking about it from the beginning of like, wow, this narrative is really coming together. The interactions are really cool. Um, and so the Anthem Awards were the were the first one where we thought, well, yeah, this is what it's a little off because it's compliance training, but it is mission and purpose driven, and it fits with. And the health industry is was one of the categories represented. Uh, and we were we were kind of floored, you know. We I think the people that that won. The award in the category that, that we won this, this past year, the year before was Google. And so, you know, we're just, we're, we're not quite Google yet. And so to get to go to that award show and be surrounded by people who are really doing some amazing work was incredible. And just, just to sort of say like, all right, we, we, we belong here. And then we followed it up uh, with two tele awards, which one for the narrative and one for the interactive design. And for us, as just, you know, with our background, that was pretty meaningful because it was really, it was sort of the reverse question of what Dwayne is saying. You know, Dwayne is saying, can you make compliance training that's entertaining enough, you know, that's entertaining? And we were sort of thinking of it the other way, like, can our compliance training from a video standpoint, is it good enough just as a video? Like, just as entertainment. Um, and we think it, it is. And, and so it's sort of meaningful to have the both sides of that to say, yeah, this is really engaging, entertaining and kind of fun. Um, but also it delivers on its purpose. It delivers on its mission, which is to get people to just stop and think before they, before they engage in some of these activities that just a little mindfulness, just a little bit of, wait a minute, should I be doing this? Goes such a long way. And that's why the musical number, and that's why the cartoon, and that's why all the interactive buttons and things, and that's why the crazy storyline uh, that takes place takes place. It's because these are really important lessons, and they need to be delivered in a way that people will remember, that people will will enjoy and 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 take notice. And so, you know, for us, it was just really meaningful to be recognized on on both ends of it that, that the the mission was there and. That the, that the quality of the work, the artistry of it was there as well. Gentlemen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask both of you if our listeners wanted any more information on you, Peter, and Labyrinth, or Dwayne, perhaps to reach out to you for some counsel on how to have this sort of campaign and work with the creative. Could I ask you what would be the best way for them, for listeners, to contact with either one of you? Peter? Well, you can find us on labyrinthtraining.com. Uh, you can so that you can schedule a demo there. You can email me at peter at labyrinthtraining.com. I'm the guy that's going to walk you through it. So, um, and yeah, absolutely. You can also find the, the case study for the lens. Yeah, well, look, you can find me on LinkedIn or you can email me. My email is very easy. It's just Dwayne Stumpf, like on the screen here, with a dot between it, um, at alcon.com. Uh, and I'm happy to respond uh, to any questions. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. 
I'd like to tell you about two great new podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network, Adventures in Compliance, where I look at the intersection of Sherlock Holmes, leadership, compliance, and business ethics. I'm doing all of the Sherlock Holmes stories as well as the novels. Another is Report from ECI 2023, where I interviewed speakers, guests, and participants at ECI 2023. I know you'll enjoy both of these new podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.